Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, and whatever time it is in the world. Benvenuti, that is welcome to the channel. We start off with a little bit of Italian terminology because this is the first of many Italian football programs here on Inter Worldwide. It is the Serie A roundtable where we aim to bring you every week the content, the match day, match day fixtures, and get the thoughts and opinions and objective thoughts, obviously, from people who support different clubs and who support the world of Italian football. I would like to introduce my panel one by one. If you are a follower of Inter Worldwide, you may recognize two of the handsome gentlemen that are with me right now, but we go for it anyway. Directly underneath me is Ricardo from where you'd rather be, Siragusa, Sicilia. Ricardo, benvenuti to Football Worldwide, and thank you so much for joining me on this journey, brother. Ciao, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, ciao to Armando, ciao to Vince, of course, ciao to Anthony. I'm really happy to be here, and I think it's going to be a great season. And uh, it's going to be a great channel every week to, to talk about soccer, what we love. Absolutely. And it's really good to have you. From Melbourne, it's Zio Armo. It's Armando. It's so good to have you, man. If people don't know who you are, they're going to get to know you pretty soon, brother. So thank you for joining me on this journey and for joining us for the Serie A Campionato 2021-2022 here on Thank you, man. That's a great presentation. I, I, you raised the bar. No, people are going to think I'm going to be something kind of cool. Hopefully, I can uh, I, I can stay to the you know stand up to what you said. It uh, nice to see you, Ricardo. Always nice to see you, especially when you're nice and tent because you are <laughs> on the other side of the world enjoying the summer. Anthony, a dream come true. Finally, can get this thing kicked up. I know how hard you've been working on this, starting from the other channel. So I wish you all the best, and hopefully, I can be part of this journey as long as possible. Vince, very nice to meet you, and. Thanks for everybody. If you guys are watching, you know, it's a great help for us and we would like to bring you some great contests. You keep watching, keep us, let us know what you think and we here, you know, try to do our best. Grazie Amo and welcome to Vince who I just recently found out lives pretty much up the road from me. So waving the Southwest Sydney flag for all the boys out there. Welcome Vince to Football Worldwide. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, man. Thank you, boys. Very good to be here. Excited to talk about... Um... All things in Milan and Italian football. Let's do it, man. We've got to jump straight into it because, you know, we don't have too much time today and I want to get through a fair bit. Um, it, it's going to be a weird season, a season jumping straight into it. In my in my opinion, I've said this on a lot of chats and stuff, if the Serie A Campionato was going in as a Formula One grid, I've never seen it this close in the last maybe decade. And it's not necessarily due to the merit of the Serie A clubs. It's almost due to the shortcoming of Italian football overall. So what we're going to do before we go through a club-by-club -club analysis for Campionato 21-22, we're going to go around the roundtable today and just get the initial thoughts of the panel on the current state of Italian football, the lack of money being vested in the transfer market, or as we like to call it, the mercato in culture. So I just want to get my thoughts and opinions from the panel around here. Guys, as always, opinions are subjective, but we love to bring you all angles here on the worldwide platform. I'm going over to Ricardo first. You have the reins, my friend. What do you expect from Serie A this season? And what are your initial thoughts on the state of top-flight Italian football, brother? Oh, well, the state of the Italian football, I think it's... Um, everyone, everyone can see it. It's uh, open uh, to everyone to to see what we are. I'm, I'm 51 years old. I've been following from uh, when I was six, seven years old. I think this is the worst I ever see in my life. No money. Uh, yeah. I think it's the COVID pandemic that brought us uh, to um, to this situation you know Italy starving people starving yeah. stadium closed no supporters team don't have a um, 
don't have funds to get. And uh, you, you can see, I mean, starting from uh, the, the winning of the Scudetto, I never saw a team winning the Scudetto, and not because it's Inter, it could be anyone else, it could be Napoli, it could be Milan, it could be Juventus, winning the Scudetto and, you know, coach leave, best player leave, second best player leaves. You know, it's uh, unfortunately, it's... Uh, should be ever one panel just to talk about this. But what I can say is yeah. uh, that's an uh, economic situation in all around the world. But Italy, I think, is getting the harder one. We don't have Arabs behind us. Italian businessmen don't invest. I mean, if you see uh, Nap uh, Napoli and Juventus are still the only two teams that run by Italians. Of course, Juventus for 100 years from one family. The Laurentiis in the good and the bad still keep Napoli up there. Milan. You know, it's got uh, the Elliot, the Elliot uh, investment company there, so there's not really Italian hat in it. It's more for business. They actually, I think, recover fifty percent of the debts, so they're yeah. doing what they're doing. And in the man, in the situation, we've been talking about this for years, but no one wants to listen. There, I think Suning is in the way out. But the problem is, um, who's gonna buy it? Who's gonna buy it? So never, never saw this bad. Never saw this bad. It doesn't look good. 100%, man. Ricardo comes at, uh, at us every week or every second week from a, a Juventus point of view. So welcome to the channel from a Juventus panel point of view. I obviously am an Inter fan, which majority of people will, will, will know by watching based on my um, performances on Inter Worldwide. Armo, going off to you next, a lifelong Napoli fan. You'll be bringing us the Napolitana point of view as often as you possibly can. Um, obviously, digressing from Ricardo's opinion, your current thoughts on the state of Italian football at a top level? And how do you think the Serie A is going to look this season, man? Because it's a very confusing one, Amor. All right, for you guys that know me, you know that when the season finished in Italy, I stopped reading, I stopped following because it's you get you get bombarded with a lots of fake and stupid news. But taking a step outside and looking the scenario of Serie A, uh, I agree with Ricardo. It's in very bad shape. What people don't understand uh, is that it's everything a consequence of that people not having money on the street. Because people not having money on the street means people don't go into the stadium, people don't buy the packaging on TV to watch the game, people don't buy merchandising. So if people don't spend this money, then the TV company don't have money to splash to the to La Lega to in order to buy the rights. The sponsor don't have money because it's all, it's all a chain. You know, when people say, ah, but the, the president of Serie A don't know how to sell the product. It's not anymore about to sell the product. Maybe five, six, ten years ago, Yes, the concept was okay. Right now, it's not about uh, not to know how to sell. Right now, is that there is no buyers that can put money because the return is not guaranteed. Yeah. So the shape of Serie What I say is, we have been on on top of the world for twenty years. We were we were the one going around splashing money. It's been a time where Real Madrid, the Barcelona, dictated up to a year, two years ago. Uh, the power is shifting below. So it's because of COVID, because of management, because of money. The power is shifting. Right now, the power is in Paris and Manchester City. Those two clubs are making the money moving. What we're going to hope so is that when they go buy players, like they bought uh, Chelsea bought from uh, Lukaku from Inter, if Inter is going to reinvest their money. The problem is most of the clubs, they're going to make money now. They're not going to reinvest. They're yeah. going to order to pay their debts. Yes. So there is no flash. There is no flash of fresh investment coming to Serie A. We need to think outside the square. And we need to try to, you know, develop a player, find players somewhere. We need to do something. Otherwise, 
the shape it's gonna go down as ricardo said you could do a whole podcast based on this issue on its own we've yeah. already been talking for eight minutes and we haven't even spoken about the first club for the new season like the, the state of italian football at the moment is is at a point where we can't even go into the new season and discuss it without talking about the bigger picture at hand it seems useless it seems pointless but that's all that people talk about those days we, I, I, that's why i stay away because when you read the newspaper it's like reading the financial review the solvent di quattro all you need all you read is money you have to buy you have to sell like, hey, oh i'm a fan i want to know about score goals broken legs people that leaves people that come back i don't care about all this money yeah fair enough vince um your initial thoughts going into campionato 21 22 um you know very competitive from a squad point of view but just very sad as the last two boys alluded to from from a financial and relative strength of european football point of view for italy bro yeah, man, it's sad in a way. Like, you're losing big players. You're losing players like Lukaku and DePaul from a league that you watch to be entertained, really. That's what we all watch the football for. Uh, but it's all about perspective as well. Being a Milan supporter, having this effect in the league almost gives us a chance to come back. Because mm. if, the, if, the other, if the top clubs over the last sort of five, six, seven, ten years are still at the top and pulling away, that distance for us becomes harder. So... I'm entering the season from a from a Milan point of view with some optimism, looking at okay, can we can we improve slightly? Because no one else is really going to pull away in a big way. Um, there, there has to be optimism when you look at Italy winning the Euros. When you look at when when have you seen an Italian win the hundred meters in the Olympics? Like mm. there, there is some optimism around Italy in a certain way. How that translates to the next twelve months and beyond, we'll see. But um, I, I think there's still some positives to take out of it. It's not all doom and gloom from, from my point of view. There's some clubs that um, are, are continuing to be solid there. A lot of them are making wise choices. Let's hope that those wise choices actually pay off in the next two, three, four years because uh, not overspending now could make a big difference in the, in the not-too-distant future. Fair enough, bro. Thanks for saying that. Let's move right ahead into our club analysis and start to talk about the teams that are going to take shape in Serie A 21-22. A little bit of context, context sorry, from last season. Obviously, you have Inter as the reigning champions. There are going to be four clubs playing Wednesday night football this season. They are Inter, Juventus, AC Milan and Atalanta. The Thursday night football will come from Napoli and Lazio. Other clubs miss out on European football. Three new rising sides are Salernitana from the south. And we also have Venezia, everybody's favorite jersey. And we also have Empoli, which is everybody's favorite casual entry to Serie A. Empoli reminds me of that guy who goes to a house party, has one beer, and then walks out straight afterwards and goes straight back to Serie B. Um, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes this season, but boys. So in order to start off this, um, this amazing episode, I guess obviously we'll go around the table and talk about our respective clubs in the most objective way possible and if the gentlemen don't mind around the table I'm actually going to start first coming from an Inter fans point of view this season obviously um, you know you win the championship after so long you celebrate for so little you realize the realistic situation of what's going on not only in Italy but all around the world you have a restriction on your country that forbids you from uh, basically investing into external investments, which is what China has restricting to invest in Inter. And you basically need to shut up shop straight away. So Inter's going into next season knowing that they'll be without uh, Romelu Lukaku, knowing they'll be without the likes of Ashraf Hakimi, and more importantly, without the likes of coach Antonio Conte and middleman uh, Lele Oriali. It's a big culture change. It's a big shift. From an Inter's fan perspective, I guess we're trying everything we can to say we've got our 19th title. Let's just try and forget about all the shortcomings and try and move forward for this season. 
But in retrospect and realistically, our squad has dropped in quality. Our manager has dropped in experience. So Inter need to, need to expect a drop in terms of overall points, quality, goals scored and whatnot. I think the only thing that might work in advantage for Inter this season is that your tactical identity all of a sudden shifts from a very one-dimensional Conte approach to playing to Lukaku and making sure he is the foundational point of the squad to now being one of the most unpredictable sides in the top of the half of the Serie A next season. There are still a lot of transfers and Mercato news that are subject to come to play, not only for Inter, but for every side in Serie A. So it is important to remind everybody in the world that we are recording this on Friday, the 13th of August, 2021, at about 5 p.m. on a Friday in Sydney, Australia. Still about 13 days before the season starts, which means there's plenty more Mercato business to come. From an Inter fan's perspective, I'm optimistic about going into the new season, simplistically due to the relative strength of Serie A. If all of our rival clubs were signing three or four uh, signings by now, I would start to worry. But as we've basically alluded to into the start of this program, the relative strength in Serie A is actually not that strong. It's quite weak. In terms of picking up points and who's going to get the goals and who's going to get the points this season, I expect Lautaro to Martinez to re-sign, to be the lead man, and I expect all of our players to step up. My personal expectation as an Inter fan is to challenge for the Campionato title up until the last three or four match days. If we qualify for the Champions League, I will consider it a, uh, a successful season by a certain extent. However, as these boys will definitely agree, it's a very long campaign. A lot can happen in a Serie A campaign from start to finish. Yes, optimistic, um, but still not absolutely positive it's going to be a great season. Ricardo, you're next on the panel, my friend. Can you please tell us how you expect your club Juventus to perform in this campaign? Please highlight their changes. And basically, yeah, I trust you, my bro. You have the floor. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, it was a really good point about Tinder. Well, yeah, changes is a big word in Juventus. <laughs> we can't even buy Locatelli for 30 million. That's that's the level of the Juventus that probably is the only team's got money behind. That says that says a lot to me. Is a Juventus supporter, you know? Maybe today we cross for Logodelli, maybe we don't. Um, yeah, the, I think the only security for Juventus is the new the coach Allegri coming back. The two, you know, second wave to open uh, un altro ciclo. You know, what I mean, four years contract. He's got a better team than when he left. Uh, he's got seven, eight new players. I think Rabiot will rise with him. I think Dalit will rise with him. I think uh, McKinney will rise with him. If uh, Locatelli will come, will definitely rise with under under him. You know what I mean? I think Juventus has got a really strong squad. Uh, our object is probably you not know, to be in the first two. And now our legacy say uh, then in March, April, that's where you need to be if you want to win the race. And uh, how Vince uh, mentioned um, regarding uh, Jacobs winning the hundred meters and uh, one of the famous uh, Allegri word, the Corto Muso. You know, just if you put the head at the hand, you win. Uh, prospecting for Juventus this year, uh, Europe. If we if we get to quarterfinal Champions Leagues, I, I reckon that would be a great season. It's probably the last year of uh, Ronaldo. I know everyone is riding Ronaldo's gonna go, Ronaldo's gonna go. Well, Ronaldo had a four-year contract, so end of the end of the day, next year's gonna go or he stay another year. I don't know if we go yeah. to PSG, PSG, and um, and I don't know if I open uh, a point. I don't know if PSG will win the Champions Leagues because he got Messi. Sometimes too many starts don't go nowhere, but 100%. that's my that's that's my point of view. I reckon, uh, yeah, Juventus has got a. They're not a favorite, even if everyone's trying to put Juventus as the favorite. 
and uh, we see the first four or five games. See how Alec is coming back. What uh, what change to the system is bringing? You know, it's got a it's got a lot of in front. We've got a lot of power. Just need to be used um, used properly. And I'm really curious about this Brazilian guy that got Caio George. Uh, Juventus never invest on a 19 years old and keeping on the squad. Usually, they get rid of young guys. So I start the season confident. I see the Serie A. You know, Napoli's got a new coach. Uh, Lazio got a new coach. Roma got a new coach. You know, Inter has a new coach. Inter has a new coach. Yeah, but I would say Inter's got a system. But personally, you know what I mean. To, to my point of view, they don't have a program. At least Juventus keep the players, their young squad. You know, getting Lidro Lukaku and getting Dego, 35 years old, that's not a program. That's just, uh, in Italy, we say put at the top, you know, put the top just to get to the season. And it's coming back to the Moratti time, but I don't want to talk about Inter. So, yeah, I'm confident Juventus um, will be there on top, will be a tight season. And, you know, if Allegri gets the grip in the right way, you know, my December, we might get the three, four point leads, but that's my personal opinion. It's going to be a tight Serie A this year. Yeah, fair enough. Well put, brother. I'm going over to you uh, next, Vince. What a campionato for Milan last season, bro. I even started to think, man, these guys might actually push us all the way to match day 38. You guys were riding it way longer than anyone thought. Massive respect out to you guys. I actually thought Milan had a season to be very proud of. Um, it, it even got to a point during match day 33, 34, you know, that point where you started to drop out of second and go out of the top four. Even I started to think to myself, man, it, it's going to take some real perseverance and resilience for this Milan squad. Who's been almost first all year to come up strong in the last four weeks, but you did, and you did it really well last season. My personal worry for Milan, my brother is that they go into next season with the same mentality. Olivier Giroud is there to save our ass when we are no longer ready to go. You made that same mistake with Ibrahimovic. As good as Ibra is, he's out more often than he was fit last season. It's going to be even worse this season, in my opinion. Once again, the relative strength of Serie A does not scare me as an Inter fan. But I'm willing to hear your point of view from a Milan fan, bro, because you have every reason to be optimistic about this season. In my opinion, especially if you can keep Kessier and Benasser in form and fit throughout the Campionato. Vince, all you, bro. You have the floor from a Milanisti point of view. Yeah, for, for me, it's uh, the boys did a good job last year. When you, when you look at what they did in the hard times, when they, did, when they didn't have Ibra, when they didn't have certain players, we were just... We, we lost a lot of players throughout the season in really bad times because I know every club did, but we seemed to lose them all at the same time and all in, the, in sort of tough periods of that season. So... That last month of the season where they found enough to make it happen and finish in that top four was huge. Um, for, for Milan, it's all going to be about the rest of the Mercato, I believe. Um, at the moment, very happy with how our defence looks. That's, for me, you have to build from the defence. It's been too weak for us over many, many years. Um, getting Tomori back full-time, uh, having Gabbia back, and Romagnoli early in the preseason. Uh, I'm not one that's anti-Alessio um, because... Uh, I think he can he can play. Um, he didn't have the world's best season last year, but I think now having the setbacks of last season and sitting on the bench a little bit and understanding where he needs to be, and he looks very committed early in his preseason, him fighting with Tamori and Kaya and having Gabia there as, uh, as our central defenders, that gives me a lot of security. Uh, having a good goalkeeper to replace um, Gigio, uh, as great as Gigio was, 
uh, really, goalkeepers don't win you titles. And, and Bro, people are overlooking. I'm sorry to interrupt you. People are overlooking your replacement. He is a fantastic goalkeeper. He has received Liga 1 goalkeeper three years in a row before Lil won the title. Don't skip out on this guy, man. Man, I'm telling you, my, Magic Mike's going to do the job for us just fine. We're not going to notice Gigio. But uh, if we're re replacing with Tatarashanu, I understand you'd be very nervous. But I'm not nervous there. That back half is okay. We've got a core there with Benacer and Kessier. Uh, it's looking like Pabega might stay as well, which uh, is huge for us. Because, um, I don't know, I'm seeing in, in preseason, I saw him last season, he did a great job. Uh, having Tonali back, he didn't do a lot for us last season. And, and I'm still undecided about about Tonali a little bit myself. Like uh, I see he, in the defensive phase, he's quite good. But being compared to a Pirlo, a Pirlo created, and he made something happen in that front third. Tonali hasn't done that yet, so he's got a lot to prove, but very competitive central midfield. Uh, the Mercato is going to be super important for us, number 10 and right wing and potentially striker as well. You, you said Giroud there. That's a big improvement from last year because we we were relying on Ibra. For me, Ibra will be lucky to play half the games this season. Yeah, well said. So the, the backup, the difference is the backup is not uh, a player playing out of position. So it's not a Liao. It's not a Rebic pretending to be a centre forward. I'm Croatian. So if you want to hear about any Croatian player, I'm very happy to talk. But uh, Rebic can do great things on the left wing. He can't do great things up front. And when you don't have a number nine to replace an outgoing number nine, then it changes our whole system of play. So at least Giroud is a finisher. He's a proper number nine. You give him service and he'll score goals. Uh, speaking of service, our right-hand side needs a big upgrade. So it uh, looks like Samu's on the way out. Um, yeah. It's looking like Getafe is going to go for about 8 to $10 million, which is amazing for us. Uh, we yeah. have to replace him. Uh, Salamakas is, is handy more in the defensive phase and they work great. But again, we haven't got that threat from the right-hand side like we do from the left. With Liao and, and Rebic on that left-hand side, it gives you something. They'll give you goals. They'll give you assists from a right-hand side. Really, it's it's almost like that's the side that will just balance out. We need more than just balancing out. And uh, yeah. look at Diaz, for example, in number 10. He's not solution for number 10. We're, we need a proper number 10. We're, we're linked to some good players, but we're, we're linked to too many players. Um so, so sorry to interrupt again. Like, do you, do you not think that Brahim Diaz is supposed to be the Hakan Chanogalu replacement, even though it's a second year loan? Do you expect to bring someone in to replace Hakan? Definitely, definitely. Okay. I, I think somebody that can play the number ten and potentially play on the right hand side as well, because Diaz can do that. He can play on the right hand side as well. To see Diaz do that job for a full season, I, I just don't think he has it in him. I think he's a good footballer. He could give you some good performances, but he's not going to give you week-in, week-out performances. They need somebody like, uh, we're talking about a, a Vlasic, for example. I'm going to be um, a little biased here talking about another Croatian, but Vlasic can give you a hell of a lot more than what Diaz can give you there for a long time. Um, I know a lot of people are against the James Rodriguez, and, and I was initially at the start too, but if we could make that happen, he's someone that can, that can do a job in that role. Um, so that, that signing there is going to be super important. And I, I think we need somebody else up front. If it's somebody that's a starter or a, or a bench player, different story. Maybe we could probably do with another bench player because being realistic, we can't afford who we want up front. We can't yeah. afford the Balotis of the world. We can't afford yeah. the Vlaoviches of the world. Yeah. So if we yeah. can't afford that, we need a solution now. Is it a young backup striker? Potentially. Um, but at the moment, there's not a lot of links to another number nine.
Yeah. You, you, in the Italian football world, in all football world, there's like different levels of rumors. You have like the mainstream rumors and then you've got the rumors of targets that only your fans and your club knows about. So I've kept tracks of Milan this offseason. Like you guys are really pushing the whole James Rodriguez Isco signings. And in my head, I'm like, come on, guys, be real. You can't afford these wages. You need to aim a little bit lower, as sad as that sounds. James Rodriguez might be a realistic target if you can maybe get off to a good start in the season. It sounds like a perfect January loan to me, mm. especially since he is now livid and very upset at the idea of An Ancelotti basically pissing off from Everton without consulting him first to go back to Madrid. Um, thank you so much, Vince, for that awesome insight onto the Milan's, uh, the red and black uh, side of Milan for next season. Zio Amo, you have hey. the floor, my, my friend. Napoli this so, season under so a true... True gentleman, i got to say, under Spalletti. You know, as an interfan, I love the guy. I love his personality. I love his humanitarian side. I'm so interested to hear how you think Napoli will perform under Lucky Luciano this season. Listen, first of all, uh, because you are inter-supporter, you're optimistic. Ricardo is optimistic. Vince <laughs> is optimistic. I have to be optimistic too. Uh, jokes aside, listen, I see, I find some similarities by Napoli Juventus, and God forgive me to say so, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we both had some very good squad, but we are two buckle of coaches, man. Yeah. I think <laughs> Napoli Juventus can have at least 15 points more of last year just with the swap of the coach. If we don't mm -hmm. sell anyone, I, I really think, look, when Napoli was going off uh, Spalletti, I'm not, I was not a big fan of the man for what I told he did to Totti. But then him and Totti explained that the fiction on TV, it's it's wrong. That's not the true story. So I have a lot of respect. He's the only coach that beat Sarri when Sarri was at Napoli. Don't forget that. Mm. So I'm pretty sure if Napoli doesn't sell anyone, we're going to do we're gonna do quite good. You know? Very optimistic regarding not selling anyone. Uh, if we sell and we don't reply, then I'm not that optimistic. But I, if you want to tell me to do a grid, I don't do grids. Uh, but if I have to do, I'll say Juventus first, Napoli second, and then I'll put Milan ahead of Inter Milan. Sorry, I'm I'm very negative on Inter Milan right now. You know, I, I expressed you more of it. And then you got the you got the outcome of Roma and Atalanta. You don't know those two where they're gonna sit. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we basically alluded everybody else here who they think will style, who they think will be impressive. For yourself personally and for Napoli, who are the one or two players this Listen, season that can Nap make or break? Napoli last year finished almost one point to qualify from Champions League. We didn't have Ossiman and Mertens for over three months. We had Gattuso on the bench that was doing the same substitution week in and week out, winning or lose. Uh, we had to play without Koulibaly in form. So if we can... If we can start the season, and it's hard to say, you still have COVID, you still have Copa d'Africa happening in January, you still have the, you still have those players that trust me, come May, Fe sorry, January, February, say March, April, you still have those players that start pulling. Man, sorry, Balo, I think you need to help this. Yeah, that's all right, sorry. Ah, I was trying not to do it, but I feel it coming down. I'll go again. That's all right. So, uh, you, you still have those players that come March, April, they will start pulling their legs out because the World Cup is coming, you know? So it's very hard to predict. There's too many factors outside that can affect the decision. If the team stays the way there is, and if uh, there is no injury and no COVID, I'm very, I have good hope, oh, good, good hope for Napoli to make Champions League. Well Europa said, man. League, I don't care. Europa League, I don't sure. care. I wish we go out straight away. 
because look what happened to Inter last year. They go out Champions League, they put 20 games straight. That's it, man. But look, at the end of the day, the only way the Europa League becomes relevant is if you can get to the final. And even then, you lose to Sevilla and it all seems like a waste of bloody time anyway. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, <laughs> Sevilla's going to win every second year. It's a Sevilla Cup. So. 100%, 100%. We go over to our friend Ricardo next, who is going to talk about, in my opinion, the most interesting side in Serie A this season. How can they not be the most interesting side in Serie A this season? Roma has Jose Mourinho back as their manager. It's going to be very interesting. Ricardo, you're talking about a manager who likes to play it all calm, cool and collected. Brother, he walks into the middle of the field and gets a red card in a trial game only a week ago. I'm so interested to hear what you think is going to happen with Roma and Mourinho this season because in my opinion, it goes one or two ways. Either he does really well and gathers momentum or... Finish. Well... First, uh, I want to just, uh, you know, answer to Vince uh, and uh, Tsuamo. Vince, I hope you get uh, Ramsey. He's a good player. That's what you're needing for for your... Uh, that's all right. We'll, it's a good we'll number 10, man. We'll give that Ramsey is good, man. I can assure you. Really good, man. Really good. Love the, love yeah. the Instagram. Play really well. And it uh, doesn't get easy. Uh, and also, yeah, uh, I get my point with, uh, with Armando. Yeah, Coppa d'Africa. For you, Milan, it's going to be Kessie, Benake. That's that's a big loss. Oh, yeah. With Armando, I don't agree regarding the World Cup. Remember, Armando, the World Cup is in December last, next year. So Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. They got to they gotta, they gotta go hard until June. They got to go hard oh, until June. Yeah. I don't agree on the Europa League, man. When you play... See, Italy is weak in Europe because we take the Europa League as like a friendly. Man, you yeah. got to go for every competition. That's how we got to rise the bar in Italy. But again, I know there's no money, there's no time, there's no squad. Yes, uh, going back to Roma. Okay, um, everyone in this panel, probably no Armando, uh, I don't know Vince, but definitely Anthony is with a gun ready to Mourinho. And also in the group we have, everyone right, Mourinho's got to stuff it up. Honestly, uh, man, they got a new honours. They got a new owners where these people got a lot of, lot of money. They signed for, I think, three plus one, three, four years. I think it's the, with Allegri is the new coach with a longer contract. Um, they're making the promises. They got rid of Zeko. He didn't need, he didn't need Zeko for, to start a new, a new era. He didn't need the 35 years old, man. Honestly, better get a, a, a striker. They go uh, Mayoral. Uh, maybe they're getting uh, Ibrahim, Ibrahim from uh, Chelsea. Zaniol is back. Mkhitaryan is there. They've got a new uh, left wing from uh, Uruguay. I reckon Roma with, um, with the supporters around. Mourinho is good when he starts with no names. And he showed that to Porto. Uh, with Inter, I can say he was lucky because Juventus was there. Maybe a lot of people don't agree, but you know, they did it because they didn't have a Juventus to face. It was only Napoli and Roma facing Inter at that time. No, no. No, it wasn't was Napoli. It was, it was we Roma. Were, it was more Roma. It was, was we Roma. Were, sorry, it was Roma. We yeah, were right. like Serie B or Serie C, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It was Roma. And then when he went to Chelsea, he, the first time he got Chelsea with no names, he'd done really well. Then he, when he got the gun, you know, with the big players, he did it. But like didn't do well, didn't do well in Real Madrid. So I, I reckon Roma it's um, the outsider this year. Uh, did, he, all, uh, all, did he not we do well? It. Sorry, Ricardo. Did he yes. not do well because of the squad, or did he not do well because his head got a little bit too big? 
Well, I think he done That's a well. Question with Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. I think it, listen with United. I think he done really well. He won a European League. So he's done well with the United. You know what I mean? That we're not a bigger team. Just had a Pogba, and I think Lukaku was there when he won the Europa, Europa League. Manchester and, United was an absolute mess when he went there, and I think he tried to change the culture and shift it to a you point where it just wasn't being. No, you I can't. Think, yeah. No, but I think in Rome, in Rome, you know, you see how many people when he arrived, man. It's nearly a, yeah. I mean, not the messy people, of course, but there were a lot of people. Uh, I think Mourinho, Roma is a city will suit him. The Calore de Tifosi will will definitely be on his side. He's, he's got a big name. Um, I reckon he's going to be the outsider. I think he's going to be the outsider. I believe um, he's going to pull the heads of this play and then Roma is going to do well. I think Roma, Roma is going to do well. I, I'm not putting my money in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting my money in it. But uh, I reckon everyone is thinking Mourinho is going to leave uh, by December will get fired. I don't think so. I think there's other coaches. I think the first coach will get side. Honestly, I can say we'll be sorry with Lazio. Uh, I think that the, the Interista in me wants Mourinho to do well because at the end of the day, yeah, I understand what you say. Juventus maybe not competing in Serie A around about that time, but it's not like Inter had to come up against Juventus in the round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals or the final. I think the problem with Mourinho this time is that he's really chasing some sort of past accolade or some sort of past uh, image of himself because his performance at Tottenham Hotspur in his first face of adversity, I mean... Maybe you shouldn't put a documentary on Amazon before the season finishes. That's just my opinion. But at the end of the day, it just didn't look good for him whatsoever. And that squad at Roma, it just doesn't look that impressive. It doesn't look that impressive. I get it. They've got some good players. I think he needs more. But I could be wrong. And I, as I said, to, as I said, I'm so entertained about this club. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, Zio Ammo, I'm going to go over to you next for this one, man. Let's talk a little bit about Lazio and Maurizio Sarri. In my opinion... If he can't get this Lazio side playing the way he wants him to play straight away, there's going to be a problem. He took a long time getting Juventus to try and play the way he did. He was very lucky in a sense where if it wasn't working out, you got shitloads of really fast cars on the pitch to get you across the line in the right time. Lots of talent, lots of players to get you over the line. For me, Lazio and Maurizio Sarri are a little bit of a liability in terms of dropping out of the Champions League places and getting left behind. If Chiro Immobile, uh, Chiro Immobile and Sergei Malinkovic-Savic can have a good season, I might be proved wrong. Zio for me, Lazio are in a little bit of trouble, my friend. What do you think? Uh, look, with Sarri, I'm surprised that he went to Lazio because Lazio have a system that Inzaghi played. Uh, it's completely different from the Sarri system and mentality. So adapting those players, I don't know. He, know, he knows the players better than me. I I think uh, Immobile will be out of the question of a good sc top scorer because with Sarri, one thing guarantee the strikers always score a lot of goals. You can see that at Napoli, you saw Chelsea, you saw Juventus, you saw Emboli. They strikers score a lot of goals. Uh, but Sarri's got a bad, bad thing that I, 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 he did two things really bad to me. He made me fall in love with his football style and I cannot enjoy watching anybody else playing because the Napoli that he had was playing some football that I, that, but he never had playing big below. He had his substitution already set up, and doesn't matter what the game was, he never had plan B. The game that we lost against Fiorentina, uh, when Juventus won the Scudetto, after we beat Juventus at Torino, because any coach, any coach that thinks about the result, your center back gets sent off, you take off the striker, and you put a defender. That's mathematical. Two plus two equals four. You have to do that. What he does, he doesn't change the formation, we end up with three defenders against 
the three Fiorentina strikers were Simeone, uh, Chiesa, and we got that. Because Sarri doesn't accept the fact that you can defend sometimes, or you can kick the ball in the corner, or you can break some legs, you know. So he has this problem. If he changes, if he comes with plan B and C, he, Lazio can do good. If he doesn't come with plan B and C, but he only goes with the ball from the back, possession and attack, good luck to Lazio. I like it, mate. Very, very fair point. I think they might struggle. I don't think Immobile is going to be as liberal with his goal scoring this season, but I could be proven wrong. Happy to be proven wrong. Happy to also take Joaquin Correa off their hands. I know he cops a lot of he cops a lot of slack for not being so clinical in front of goal, but that's because his job as a second striker and a wide playing, uh, you know, basically linking attacker, it's not his job to be as clinical as a number nine is. I think under a little bit, uh, you know, some better personnel, he might be a little bit better. Other than that, still some decent players on their squad. I think their defense is in for a rough season. I'm more, I don't see a defender in that Lazio side to lead the line the same way a Delict can, a Koulibaly can, a Kayer can, a Devray, a Skriniar can. Listen, I'm looking uh, at Lazio's uh, defense. I'm like, Lazio, there's no leader there. They didn't sell any top player they had in the squad yet. That's uh, see, if you see, there's a common things all about the Serie A teams, except Inter. We know why. We don't need to go back there. That everybody try to keep. You know why? Because if you sell, you still need to replace. Yeah. And for replacing, once you sell a player, you got a hundred million in your pocket, and you go knocking door to other clubs. They know that you got those money in your pocket. They say, "Hey, yeah. you want my yeah. player now? Show me the money." So yeah. it's uh, it's uh, tricky, tricky, tricky. Look, as long like I said, I'm I'm happy that Napoli stayed away. I don't expect any buy. Hopefully, we don't sell. And Lazio is the same thing. But the coach system in Lazio, it's one direction coach system. I don't know how long Lazio is gonna last like that. Fair enough, brother. Vince, over to you, my friend. We talk Atalanta now. Gasparini's well-oiled machine. Is it going to keep going another season? I personally think they are stacked with talent still, man. If they can hang on to Iacic and Zapata, which it looks like they might, although I know your Milan boys might have been whispering a little bit about Iacic coming in. Our black and blue side of Milan have already expressed interest in Zapata. In my opinion, both of these players stay, but that's not even the tip of the iceberg, bro. Gossens, Malinowski, Darun, Pessina, Ad Demiral and Musso to the mix. Good luck stopping Atalanta this season, man. They just might have the momentum, Vince, to keep it going. How do you think they go this season, bro? The way I look at it, show me one reason why they won't do better, if not if not as well as they did. So they're, they're a year older. They've always got a young squad, so they're a year more experienced. Um, they've got a winning culture there. They, they're used to doing well now in, in Serie A. Um, they've got more depth. They're looking at another Croatian boy from Bordeaux, Basic, who will add them even more depth in midfield, which looks very likely with Bordeaux in some financial problems. Uh, when you're not losing big names or any players, really, when you look at their squad, they lost a goalkeeper, they replaced a goalkeeper. You can replace goalkeepers. But as long as they can keep Zapata there, they're, they're looking like probably the number one, for me, number one or two uh, uh, wow. team going into the season. I, I look at Napoli being... Uh, being one of those other two, if they can get Ossiman to play uh, more games than he played last season, again, they haven't showed signs. But Atalanta, always going to be entertaining. Um, they're solid at the back. They're keeping their players. And Gasparini does it time and time again. As much as everybody sees him as this big negative dictator that, that everyone hates, the players are still there. The players are still wanting to play. Yeah. There. That most of those players can go to another club for higher wages, but they're not. Napoli, uh, not Napoli, Atalanta is doing something that 
not just keeps the players here, but they're attracting good young players. They're good. They're attracting players that, um, looking from a Milan perspective, we would love to have. We couldn't keep Pasalic a couple of years ago. Now he goes to Atalanta. He looks like a superstar. Um, so, yeah, from my point of view, Atalanta have to be up there with the contenders. Just missing out on second place last year and everybody else weakened, mostly. So um, they have to be up there. Yeah, well said, man. I would agree um, for the most part with everything you've said. Don't even need to elaborate on it. We go around the table back to my friend Ricardo. Uh, Sassuolo, last season, fantastic season under De Zerbi. Uh, me personally, that's probably one of the best moves out of Italy that I can see. De Zerbi getting a gig at Shakhtar Donetsk, upgrading to Champions League football. More power to him. Ricardo, going into next season for Sassuolo, I'm sure as a Juventus fan, you'll agree it's all about one name and one name only. It's about Manuel Locatelli. If Sassuolo can retain his services, they might just end up finishing seventh or eighth again. In our all of our opinions, he moves over to Juventus and they lose, they, they lose the heart and soul of their midfield. There's only so much your Berardis and your Raspadoris are going to be able to do for you up front after that. Ricardo, you just want to tell us quickly about how you see Sassuolo's season going under Alessio Dionisi? Well, uh, Dionisi, Dionisi for me is a big question mark at that level. Um, Locatelli, I think um, they already got the replacements, the Brazilian guy. Uh, they already signed him. So I think Locatelli will, will go to Juventus uh, 100%. will definitely find the find the deal there. If player wants to go, doesn't want to go to other team. You don't want to keep a player unhappy. You know, it's going to lose value. And um, yeah, I see I see Sassuolo mid-table if you don't need you can keep it there. But not uh, not the same way as under the Zerbi. Disappointed with the Zerbi uh, talk, what he says about, uh, you know, Super League and money and stuff like that. Then he leaves Italy and goes to the richest cl club in Ukraine. So... You know, you say one thing and then you do another one, but that uh, seems to be everyone at the moment in uh, in Europe. Yeah, I see um, Caputo, Raspadori, Berardi, mid-table. Mid-table. Mid -table. Yeah, mid -table. fair enough. Uh, La Viola, Fiorentina, I'll go over to Zio for this one in particular. Uh, Vincenzo Italiani in, uh, Italiano, sorry, in after yeah. a good season with Spezia. Um, but, you know, he, he deserved to jump ship to someone bigger. I think this is a perfect move for him, brother, because Fiorentina has looked very unstable the last few years. This is exactly the sort of environment you want to walk into if you are um, Italiano. He's got some decent players at his disposal. If he can hang on to Vlahovic, he's in for a good season. Castovili is also going to have a good season, and there's a lot of promise around Milenkovic for a fantastic 2021. Um, Amo, I know you'll have a lot to offer on Fiorentina, not only on this season going in, but... The, the the shape of Fiorentina <laughs> at the moment, bro. What's going to happen with them? Because me personally, last season and the season before, they were meant to do a lot better. They got some nice players in and everything. Everything was looking good with Rocco Comiso, Giobaroni at the helm, and then it just went boop, tits up. Listen, I don't know where did you get that info that I'm really well informed about Fiorentina. I'm yeah, saying, yeah. <laughs> no, listen, what happened is this. Italiano, Italiano was a very good coach last year. And to me, from him to go to a Napoli or to a Inter or to a Milan, I don't say Juventus, because Juventus was close to him, but it was going to be a disaster. You need to do one step at a time. He could be the next Sarri, but he's got it. He's got something that Sarri doesn't have, because I know that when he played against Napoli, he changed the team during the game. He changed it to suit the opposition. Something that is important at coach level. I think, uh, like you said, if you're a 
this coming from two seasons at disaster. I think there's Fiorentina has been every season, he's been flicking the coin and said, Oh, hey, we got this way. Oh, uh, Tyler, we got that way. Didn't see any planning. I see Comiso jumping in like a typical uh, Italian Australian, Italian American, buy, sell, buy, sell. I got confused, got sucking. He thought it was MSL or I League, I think, you know. Now, now, awfully put. It's true. The way you act, you know, you see him talking, fighting with people. Man, you're the new guy in a Lega where there's been people that have been, you know, there for... Agnelli family's been there for a hundred years, you know. The clubs have been there forever. You can't come there and play the Italo-American gangster poker play, man. It doesn't work anymore, you know. So, I think he's settled down. He has Italiano. I think Fiorentina's going to do better than next year. Once again, yeah. we're talking 15 days before the Mercato close. Tomorrow yeah. morning, they're going to sell Pavic, they're going to sell this, they're going to sell that. We don't know. But as of yeah, today, exactly. I think uh, if they keep their strong play, Italian is going to do better than their previous coaches. I would have to agree with you there, my friend. Vince, we move over to you, to the uh, the one half of the Genovese side of things at Sampdoria. Uh, Damsgaard, fantastic Euro for Denmark. He's probably going to be their light and shining armor this season, man. I know he was looking for a move. Leeds were coming in, a couple of other English slides coming in, even Atletico Madrid um, even asked a question or two. But it looks like he's going to stay. Besides him... You know, you think they've got an aging squad until you realize the likes of Murillo and, you know, Berezinski are still only 29 years old. But other than that, with your likes of Candreva and Quagliarella, Sampdoria for me this season, man, it looks like without the Tinkerman sort of uh, magic, uh, Ranieri magic, they're going to be fighting around that 15th, 16th position. What do you think of them this season, Vince? The same. Uh, mate, you really... Very much the same. Um, when you look at... Uh... Their, their ins and outs, nobody. They haven't signed anybody yet in the Mercato. Uh, I wouldn't imagine Sampdoria making big moves uh, in the current window. Um, not a lot has left either. Really, Cato's the, really the one that stands out that left. Um, again, I, I, like I said with Atalanta, any signs of improvement or, or going backwards? Uh, they're showing more negative signs than positive, unfortunately, for, for uh, Sampdoria because... Uh, we, we've all uh, followed that club for many, many years with a famous jersey and some famous players playing for that club. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really, with, without um, without a lot to talk about with that club, unfortunately. Um, yeah, well, I was going to digress because, you know, from now on we're moving into clubs where, and I just want to say this, this is for every club from top to bottom in Italy. The transfer activity is so minimal that we actually have the luxury of going through every club minute by minute. We should not be spending more than a minute on each club. There's nothing to talk about. So to digress into the next club, Vince, we're staying on you. Elas Verona, fantastic season under under Ivan Juric last season, who's going over to, to, to Torino, who we'll go into next. Uh, Di Francesco coming in, an environment for him where he can sort of restabilize his coaching career. I would make the same mistake as Ricardo. I think he is a horrible manager, man. I just don't foresee him getting any sort of momentum. You got Miguel Veloso and Farioni as aging players trying to lead the squad. The only positives I can take is the Balkan connection between Lazovic and Kalinic and maybe, you know, some, some young minutes for Fravota uh, on loan from Juventus uh, at the same time. Other than that, Vince, Verona, without Juric, do you see them dropping a few positions? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt they overachieved last year. Juric did, a, did an amazing job. You, when you watch this team, they had a spirit. You, you, you have those seasons uh, mm. with a lot of clubs where you see they're just, they're just riding the whole season with, with team spirit. Um, and I know that sounds very cliche, but 
but Juric got the best and then some out of this squad. Uh, when you look at what's arrived, what's what's left the club, um, there's not a lot of highlights there on, on either side. Uh, like you said, Frabotta is probably the, the best player that they've, they've brought in. Is it going to make a big difference? No, I don't believe it's going to make a big difference. Um, they finished 10th last year. Uh, are they going to finish in the top 10? I, I struggle to see this, this squad. When you look at the, the clubs that finished behind them on the ladder, when you look at the likes of Torino and uh, if Fiorentina, some, some bigger clubs that have made more, um, more improvements to their squad and to their coaches, I think it's going to be a long season for Verona. Yeah, fair call. Ricardo, we go over to you, my friend. The other half of the Genovese side of things, Genoa. Uh, Ballardini is going to continue. Sorry, Balladini is going to continue his reign at the helm. I predict a struggling season for Genoa. Very similar to the likes of last season with no sort of uh, positive streak towards the end. You know how they changed managers around about February and then ended up going nine games unbeaten. Um, yeah, for me, Genoa, it doesn't look good for them as well. Uh, you know, a couple of good players. Um, you know, they got Zinio on loan from Inter. They've got uh, Rovella. Is it Nicola Rovella for a loan from you guys? Still there, still yeah. there. You, they got Sirugu. They got Sirugu. Sirugu. Replaced, replaced yeah. Berin. So I would say goalkeeper doesn't win Scudetto. Vince, I like that. Uh, well, yeah, how many I how mean, many goals can Destro score throughout the season, yeah. my friend? No, no, I understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think they're gonna be the same uh, same last year. The, the probably the good thing is they keep the coach. You know what I mean? But you know, generally, you don't you don't know what they're gonna it's gonna happen the last uh, three four days of the mercado. Maybe someone come in or someone goes. But uh, going back to Verona, um, I think Di Francesco is gonna end up like Montella. Yeah, this is this is last week. Yeah. Well said, bro. I think um, yeah, you're really taking him like a lamb to the slaughter there, but I can't see it ending any other way. I'm going to stay on you, Ricardo. Sorry, sorry. I... and the commiso. I want to go back to commiso that Armando, Com... you know, really liked the American connection. Commiso only talks when it's a Fiorentina Juventus, man. That's it. That's the only time he goes on television. You know why? We all know why. I can't disagree. Why. I can't Everyone, disagree. Everyone's going to listen to you when you talk about Juventus. So Juventus, Fiorentina, commiso talks. Fiorentina, yeah. Juventus, commiso talks. And then he go lethargo, go back to sleep. It's more yeah. Cigars. And then he so, and then he goes and then he goes and sells Chiesa to Juventus after everything yeah, he said. I, I just I just don't. It's good, but it's our man to say you you need to to respect the, the rest of the league, man. You can't just go and shoot someone and then yeah say what was it me. I'm staying on you, Ricardo, for this one because as a Juventus fan, um, you obviously might have a little bit to say about Torino next season. Juric comes over from Verona to them. They had a really um, a very bad season last season, man. If Yeah, very bad. I expected them to really start to pick up points towards the end. A lot hinges on Belotti moving. Um, if what you if you listen to the media, you're more inclined to believe that he's about to re-sign for 4.5 million on a new contract. I have no yeah. idea why he would do that, Ricardo. Maybe you can give us a little bit more insight is, as to um, what's going to happen to Torino. Okay, first of all, I'm happy for Torino does well because it's good. You know, Torino has uh, been there for a long time. My father was a Torino supporter. One of my best friends is a Torino supporter. And I never can give him shit. So at least <laughs> this Torino Juventus, I can give him a little bit of shit. Juric is a good move. Um, you know, we we'll see we we'll see how he ends up there. You know what I mean? If he can change the system, uh, people can follow him. Belotti, I think he's going to resign, but not with a clause. So he's going to resign without a clause. So if he wants okay. to leave, he doesn't want to leave uh, zero with, you know, with not Torino making money because he's been there for, for a long time. He doesn't want to do, you know, the Donnarumma kind of things or 
even the the mess the messy things you know messy going from zero to paris saint germain that's something never happened before you know what i mean it's un, 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 unheard in soccer at that level the number one player on the world leaves from zero mm-hmm. yeah i hope to you know that's well honestly i hope they can be you know around the mid table around the mid table definitely yeah fair they enough keep, they, keep, they keep all the players so that's strong squad i think Juric signed saying to the president he wants to keep the players kairo's got money so yeah yeah well done and more power to belotti if he does do that you know funny story digressing yesterday i was in the shopping center and i bumped into someone with a barcelona shirt on and you know just as a reflex i look at him i'm like oh i'm I'm so sorry for your loss my friend messi and he looks at me and he goes brother we should have sold him 12 months ago for 180 million why did he stick around and make us lose him for zero and he walked off i'm like wow (laughs) i didn't expect to hear that that's the last thing you expect well anthony anthony i think it's the Liga has done a big mistake. Liga should not go on wages. Mm. The Liga should not go on wages. That uh, I, I, I personally, my opinion is Barcelona want this to happen. This is my opinion. Amor, you want to jump in here with this just before we go on? I was biting my lips. <laughs> no, because Ricardo was online when me and you were speaking before, guys. Off the camera, we talk a lot as well. Mm. So what happened is that La Liga sold the TV rights to VCCCV, I can't remember the signal, right? And said, if you sign those, see if everybody agree, every single club gets those money. With the money that La Liga was giving to Barcelona, Barcelona could have resigned Messi. But Barcelona, Real Madrid, they start a personal war with La Liga. Everything is linked to European, Europa Super League. You know that, Rica, it's all about mm. politics and money. So they refused to sign the agreement to get that money because part of that agreement was the playing only La Liga. They could not have played the potential Super League. So they Correct. decided not to agree. So they didn't get the money. And now they win, Jim, because they don't want those money to go to the other club because Paris doesn't like when other play, when other clubs have become competitive against him. Paris is a bigger by ego. It's, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, it's a big... So, but... What happened to Messi? We were saying that before, and I don't want to keep longer. It will happen to every player now. Every player yeah. will go towards the end of their contract. Rica, it's easy for them. They got the end of the contract, they can decide whatever they want. Yeah. We will see this happen to every you know which player not gonna go to the end of their contract. Rica, two types of players. One very rare. The player is still loving the shirts, but I don't know if there is one or two in the whole world. <laughs> second, Second, the average play, the one that said, I better sign because if I don't sign three years contract with this club, I don't know what's going to happen to me. You know what I mean? But the, look what happened in Senior now. He has a good Euro. He thinks he's good. He doesn't want to sign. He wants to go till next year and then he can decide. The power That's shift. Good. The power shift has really shifted towards player and agent more than any yes. other time in football, hasn't it? The yeah, clubs but also, got no, but... no ownership anymore. Don't yeah. forget, uh, you know what I mean, this thing of Messi, it's um, why didn't go to City? City is splashing 150 million for Kane. Why did no, he sign Messi, Messi for, for the World Cup? You know that. Mm, yeah, no, I know. That, that's know. what I'm saying. It's all it's all a move because it's, PSG, it's, it's, PSG, I think by 24, 2025, is going to be broke. And it could be, bro. It very well it could. could. The be. bubble could burst. The bubble could burst. Anyway, we, we keep it steady for the next few minutes and then we finish off what has been a fantastic first episode here tonight. I've very, very much enjoyed it. I'm going to take Cagliari because I've got a bit of a personal vendetta against um, their owner and whatnot. He seems to be the only owner in Serie A that knows how to take Beppe Marotta to the cleaners and give him a bad deal. So we're going to go on there now. We, could, we couldn't even give them we couldn't even give them a Nangolan this time around, bro. Like He's, he's going to go when he decides to go. So 
Um, Dalbet goes over to Cagliari on loan. So does Kevin Strutman. Raja Nangolan set to join as well. They may still lose Nathan Nandez to Inter. However, with Inter signing Denzel Dumfries, I don't know exactly how much our intentions are to go back in for Nandez. In my opinion, there's only so many goals. Jao Pedro and Simeone are going to score you throughout the season. In my opinion, Cagliari are destined to have a season almost replicating their last one. They will be to the bottom end of the halfway point and they'll just need to scrape through those last through ones and threes. One win here, two draws there. They will probably stay safe by default. We go over to my friend Vince now. Bologna. Uh, can Sinisa Mihailovic basically keep them up as comfortably as he did last season? Because at the start of the season, you know, God, God respect all his health and whatnot. It didn't look good for Bologna. I mean, by the end of the season, bro, it didn't look like they were going to drop lower than 11th. They were actually cruising through that mid-table section. Me, personally, with the signing of Arnautovic, you get yourself a nice goals. If Orsolini, Tomiyasu, and Soriano can have a good season, don't worry about relegation, brother. You'll be fine. What are you, what are you saying, Vince? Yeah, I think Bologna's made some good moves. Um, if they can keep their core, if they can keep the likes of Tomiyasu, even though he's, he's not my favourite player, I think he's a little overhyped, but he's still, for, for Bologna's standard, I think he, he adds something there. They've got Barrow as a, as a left winger, uh, as a new signing, and a centre-back, um, like a Salmaro, uh, I think African kid. Um, yeah. Really, that, they're a couple of really strong signings. Mihailovic will always be um, a strong manager in Serie A. So uh, I believe a lot in, in him as a coach. Um, them as a squad, if they can stay healthy, I think they can slightly improve on their, their position last year. I know they, they're in the top, uh, I think they finished 12th. Um, I think finishing up to maybe even 8th position, I think is quite realistic for that club. Uh, as long as they stay healthy, they keep this squad together. If they can get another signing potentially in midfield by the end of the Mercato, um, because they're a little bit light in depth there, uh, I think that'll help them a lot. But um, overall, I think a solid... Solid setup and they're consistent. They haven't made wholesale changes. They've got the same yeah. manager. That's going to be super important for a lot of teams this season. I think by default, they'll benefit from the likes of Sassuolo, Elas Verona and Sampdoria slightly weakening from their position last season. So you might see Bologna's stability might as well just get them over the line at some point. We're staying on you, brother, for this next one. Uh, Udinese, 14th last season. Terrorist football is what I call it. Um, but in order to play that brand of football, you need to have someone strong and technical in the middle like Rodrigo De Paul. He's gone with no replacement at the moment. Unless I missed something in the last week and a half, Udinese were already in financial trouble. They're not actually going to invest that 40 million. Like Ammon and I described uh, off camera, Italian clubs at the moment, yeah, it's all good to make the money, but now you keep the money and you subside your debts. What's Udinese going to do this season, Vince, if they're not going to spend the De Paul money? My list of clubs, when I'm looking at them and I'm looking at my notes and doing my little bit of research for the show, there's two that have big trouble written next to them, and Udinese is one of them. Um, DePaul for any club, if, if he left the likes of Juve or if he or Barcelona, that's a big loss. So him going to Atletico um, weakens them significantly. Uh, they finished last year at 14th, which is quite low for them, um, not too far away from the relegation zone. They've made no positive moves in the Mercato. One big negative move. They don't play attractive football. I get a feeling this could be the season where they uh, where they end up in that bottom three. I agree. It could be I rough. Amor, do you want to piggyback off that and talk a bit about Udinese? Listen, I agree. Udinese is probably this is the year they're going to hit uh, the bottom three. 
Depend, look, depends also from the team they're coming up. You know, it's like once again, yeah. Udinese has been on the pick down, pick down, pick down, pick down, pick down since Pozzo decide not to put money anymore and go to Spain and go to England, yeah, do other stuff. I think, uh, and with the Solar Depot, which had a great uh, South American Cup, I think they're right. in for a big trouble, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well sped. Oh, sorry, well said. Uh, Spezia, Tiago Motta replaces Italiano at the helm. Oh, Tiago Motta, what a fantastic player for Inter. What a horrible looking manager so far in his career, my friend. My God, the guy's trying to revolutionize tactics and formations like no tomorrow. I reckon he has a horrible season at Spezia. They've got a transfer ban that kicks in in January 2022 that lasts for two whole years. Ricardo, brother, as nice as it was seeing Spezia succeed last season i said this on inter worldwide and on football worldwide last week for me spezia is my lock for position 20. yeah Thiago mott is a bad choice man that's uh, i don't know why he coaches but it's okay you know I, maybe as a good manager it's like fabio grosso man just change the job man just go 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 sit on the television and be a commentator it's might suit you well I reckon, um, you know, for the, the way the situation in the Serie A soccer football is, I reckon uh, Empoli, Salernitana, Spezia, Verona, Udinese, they're going to be, Sampdoria, Genoa, they're going to be like fighting to not relegate, but they're going to be big gap from big gap from then to the next, yeah. to the 14, 15 position. Talking about yeah. 12, 13 points difference. It's going to be a two yeah. leagues. That's what my feeling is for Serie A this year. I like that. Two leagues, two leagues. There's a massive separation. There's a massive goal. But no, here. no, like uh, three, four points from uh, 15 to, let's say, from uh, 15 to 14 or 14 to 13. It's going to be like 12, 13 points. Yeah, fair of. enough. The only, the only good thing that Spezia has done, in my opinion, is sign Amian Adu, who's a decent defender from Toulouse. But at the end of the day, how's he going to come into a league like Serie A and change the side? They lost Podega, so yeah. they lost yeah. the coach. The fact that they can't sign anybody for the next two years in this sort of pandemic climate, that's enough to derail the motivation at any club in the world, let alone a club as small as Spezia. And they got a new owner. They got American guys. I don't know why they went to buy, they went to buy Spezia. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Did they buy? Did they buy before the transfer ban? Maybe. Yeah, they bought last year. They bought it from mm -hmm. Volpi. Volpi just put off. You guys mm -hmm. don't forget that if Venezia goes to Serie B next year, they mm -hmm. save all the. They're gonna uh, come out of all this financial issue because there's the parachute. Something yeah, that was introduced. Uh, it was introduced ten years or so ago. Any club they get from Serie A to Serie B gets so much money. That that's why a lot of club do do yo yo. They come up and they want to go down, go down to get more money. It's there is more money get relegated. Yes. That if you if you save yourself, if you just come up and go down, or if you stay at two, two season and then you go, I think there is some some kind of rule that is one or two season up and you go down, you get a lots of money. Yes, well, that leads, yeah. yeah, that leads me into my next topic, which is Empoli, which I described in a previous video. Like they're literally like the guy at the house party. They walk in, go, "How you going?" I shake my hand, I get one beer, and I go back straight to Serie B afterwards. Man, Empoli and is going to be that you know side. Why. They come, they get the beer for free, and they get paid to go home. Yeah, well, yeah that's it, the same. Salernitana, the same. They're all three. They're all three mates coming up together. Well, that's it. Well, when when was the last time we saw Salernitana in the top flight? Though it's been decades, right? Yeah. Yeah, Salernitana's got big issues. Salernitana needs to be sold by the 31st of December, otherwise, they're out. Tell us they why. Want, he, he won't sold them, man. 
You know that. But, yeah. but, but people are not going to sell. Amo, you know how it's going to work. Amo, you know how it's working in Italy, man. Ricardo, no, but the no, two curatori. Uh, next neighbor dog owner. No, and, no, uh, they've been banned to do that. The two curatori, the two person in charge. You know what happened is Lotito put this guy, Mezzaroma, his cousin, and his buddy. You know, the Federazione said no. Took off everybody, took two external people, curatori, and put them there to just drive the club until December, going through all the offers. That's why they have mind anyone. They just try to pay players on loan. Who's going to buy Serenitana? Man, definitely That's not me. That's a question. <laughs> how, much, how much money do you have in your pockets, boys? Now we're going to get four ways. Then There's they have no to go, you know what's going to happen. No it's the Salerno, man. You know Salerno. You know Salerno. Uh, Ricardo, I, I think I think in 12 months we're not going to have this problem anymore. Yeah. You think yeah. Amo, do you, you think Salernitana is basically in it for a good time and not a long time Listen, and then it's they, a disaster? They, because, of this, because of this bubble that I'm in, they cannot spend money because the curatori, it's like when you have a liquidator, they come and take over your company. Yeah. It's going to make the company run to pay until somebody buys over. Now, Salernitana yeah. is not under liquidation, but the concept is the same. These people are there just to make uh, the books stay okay until a proper offer come in. Now, apparently there's been three offers, and by the law, if they want to stay in Serie A, they need to choose the best offer. And the curatori are the one they're going to decide. There's no more Lodito deciding. Lodito is the puppet between the three offers. Anyway, you know what Salernitana is? Is the mate comes to the party, Text inside, and the guy said there's no beers, and then he walks away. Yeah, heavily <laughs> <laughs> drinking before. He never got <laughs> in, man. He, he just Listen, takes, just he one thing about Salernitana. Yeah. I Very heard good. they are about to sign up Simi. Remember Simi from Crotone last year? From Crotone, they only got him for no, say for say millions, six Torino. million. Torino, I think he went to Torino. Simi, no, I was reading really no. now because Salernitana. I, th no, I heard Salernitana. No, he Ah, okay, team. because a, I was surprised. He's a good striker. I was expecting him to go a mid-table team. I when I Torino. heard Salernitana, I'm like, what's going on in Serie A? I read somewhere Torino. I might be wrong. He definitely didn't go through with the... Um, anyway, I might be wrong. I think Salernitana. Uh, Torino. It's a striker. Like, with, all the, with all the lack of striker at Bologna, at, at Genoa, at Sampdoria, even, uh, you know, Torino maybe... Bologna is going to be the surprise this year. Possibly. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Vince, uh, last be, one. Guys, for... It's going to be a poor league. It's going to be a yeah. poor league. Oh, it's, yeah, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a rough one, man. Last one for you, Vince. Uh, Venezia, everyone's favorite jersey. Um, if you see the models that they used for them in their ah. preseason campaign, you'll see why it's everybody's favorite jersey, Mutica. Um, basically, first promotion in over two decades. Paolo Zanetti makes his Serie A managerial debut. Um, they, they had a top scorer last season with 14 goals, Francesco Forte. How do you think they could go, man? I think Venezia is everyone's favorite side to sort of stay up just for, um, I don't know, man, just for simplistic reasons, man, for sentimental reasons. How do you think they'll go, Vince? Mate, I've seen the ads for the jersey. I'm a big fan of Venezia. Don't worry about that. When you look at what they've done in the, in the Mercato, from the way I look at it, it's a big – they've rolled the dice here. So they've sold some players. Um, they've got a lot of turnover in their squad. So yeah. when a lot of players up, were on loan as well. So they've decided to not renew the loans and just send them back. That's right. And coming from Serie B, there's always going to be those players that you can't bring up because they're not Serie A quality. Uh, when you look at who they've brought in is where it gets interesting. Getting three players from the MLS. So yeah. they've made it very clear where they've, 
where they've looked um, for players. And it's it's a smart move. In a league that is not the most competitive it's ever been, and the economic situation where you're not going to have millions and millions of dollars to cash out on players, I would go to the MLS too. I think it's a good move. Some good players have come out of that league recently. Uh, and you look at elsewhere. So you're looking at, at, at leagues like uh, Israel, for example. So there's a lot of unknown players that they've brought in. That's going to go one of two ways. That's going to go unbelievably well, and they'll finish around mid-table, maybe a little bit lower, which which my gut tells me that's where they'll finish. Or mm. those players will not mesh. They've got a lot of players coming in. Yeah. Uh, it's a big job for Zanetti to get this team firing. But yeah. if he can, he could do something special this year. I think they're going to be the relegation team where you know how you go into every match without a monkey on your shoulder, without an ego, the same way Spezia did last season. You go into every game going, we can win this, let's give it everything, rather than the Torino mentality where, oh shit, we better win this because we're too big to get relegated sort of thing. That's that sort of mentality, I think, especially at the start and the midway point of the season that keeps these relegation clubs getting the potential points where they can get to stay up at the end of the day. Um, this has been a very, very good episode of our first um, is Football Worldwide. And we're nearing the end to the point where we have to embarrass ourselves and start talking about predictions. I know the season has barely kicked the ball yet. And I know this is where, you know, Anthony's going to clip it and start posting it throughout the season to embarrass everybody. And because I'm the host, I'll do the noble thing. So after this amazing um, conversation with my friends from all over the world, I, I can't sit here as an Inter fan and put us as number one because I don't think the club's mental fortitude and psychological resilience is able to back up with such a loss in personnel and coach. I expect our talent on the pitch to get us to challenge towards the end of the season. But in my subjective and shameful opinion, I have to put Ricardo's boys on top. I have to put us at second. And in my opinion, it will be Napoli and Milan fighting it out for the top four. In my opinion, I think the dust and the magic of Atalanta just starts to get a little bit big for the players on the pitch. Um, you know, Amo as a coach might know a little bit more about that. You've got players who played in the same system year after year after year. Eventually, it's going to break at some point. Sorry for giving you so much credit, Amo. But at the end of the day, <laughs> those, are so much pressure, I mean. those are my opinions. I'll go over to you And for me to finish off, man, uh, in my opinion, I don't see Empoli, Salernitana and Spezia surviving the drop. So that's my top four and that's my bottom three. Amo, over to you. Uh, look, I'm going to make it something funny because I've never done this in a normal season. This <laughs> year, it's like really drawing the dice. But look, I would say I, outside, look, I think... Juventus, Napoli, Atalanta. I do block. I do block. Okay. I, I, unfortunately, I see Inter. I see myself into Inter. It remind me of Napoli. So I want to wait until I find out that it's not like Napoli. So I see Inter, yeah. Milan, Roma, second block. All right. Lazio. I don't know because the salary scenario. And then like Ricardo said, then I see a huge gap. And I see a middle block, and then I see another huge gap, and I see all the other teams. So it's gonna be, it's not gonna be that easy, you know. It's not gonna be that much. Also, I wanna see the the composition of the league. How many midweek games? You know, how many national yeah. breaks? Everything will come into effect, you know. Of course. Who goes ahead for Champions League, Europa League, Italian Cup? 
We don't know. It's all a question mark. But yeah. and we we we'll keep changing. We'll keep changing our opinions on this show throughout the season. It's going to be do fun. A reaction at the end of the season. Reaction to uh, our prediction. Hundred percent. I can't wait. I can't wait. Ricardo, it's your turn to embarrass yourself first, even though we all know what you're going to say. Well, I uh, say um, uh, Milan Atalanta for the league. Wow, I didn't expect you to say that. And uh, I don't want to pressure on it. And uh, you yeah, this yeah. is going to be. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, listen. Uh, of course, Juventus, you guys got to put Juventus there. You know, I coached the one eight league, Kellini, Bonucci, you know, after Euro, Chiesa, all these guys, they want to, Dybala, all these guys, they want to definitely win the league. I don't think, I don't know if it would be easy or not. I hope not. So it's a good league to watch. But yeah, uh, yeah the first four, I don't know in what order I would put uh, Milan, um, Juve, Atalanta, and Napoli. I don't know the order. And uh, then uh, definitely in the uh, let's hope the Inzaghi gets the momentum. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's uh, Inter to me with a financial problem that got done a big step back. But I might be wrong. I hope, I hope to be wrong, Anthony. So also for your sake and for all the people in the group. I, I think our, our, our big interest, our big interest here, you know, club allegiance societies. We all want Italian football to be back on the map, competitive and on, on a stage where the whole world can look at us and admire us for what we are, right? Won't be this year. Definitely won't no, be this no, year. No, no, it won't be next year either, brother. Well, it'll be <laughs> next year either. So, um, yeah, the, and the last six... Uh, that they gotta do a league on their own is Venezia, yeah. Salernitana, Empoli, Udinese, Spezia. That's yeah, yeah. That's a league on their own. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks for your opinion, Vince. Over to you, man, to finish off our amazing first episode. What do you think is gonna happen this season, bro? Top four relegation. All got to do with Mercato, but I'll talk about what the clubs look like today. So today, I think Atalanta shock everybody win the league. Uh, Milan second, uh, third, I would say Napoli. And fighting it out for fourth will be Inter or Juve. It'll be close uh, between those squads. It all depends on can Hakan do anything at Inter. Um, <laughs> it, it depends on can Dybala do something with Allegri there. It's uh, so many so many variables there, even within the squads. Um, for going back to uh, or back to or over to Serie B, uh, I, I can't see much hope for Empoli or Salernitana, and uh, I think joining them will be Udinese this time around. Fair enough, man. Uh, gentlemen, it's been a really, really good first episode. And I know it's pointless to give your predictions at this time of the season with, what, 17 days left in the Mercato. But at the end of the day, we're all going to tee up again on this channel and we can embarrass each other and change our predictions one by one. So I'll go around the table just to say my thank yous and my farewells. Zio Amor from Melbourne, all the best to you. I can't wait to have you back on this channel throughout the season, brother. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And I can't wait to go back and talk just about football. I've been very biting my lips and my tongues today because with all, all these things outside the football pitch, and I really like to keep it inside the football pitch. So can't yeah. wait to do the first uh, after games episode. Yeah. Oh, I can't I wait. I promise you I'll be nice and I'll follow and I'll be here <laughs> until that day. And then finally that day is going to come. So thank you, everyone. And I'll see you along. Thank you, Amo. Uh, to my friend all the way from where you would rather be in Siragusa, Ricardo, tell us very kindly to the people watching at home, what temperature did it hit yesterday and what temperature is it today? Uh, two days ago, 48.8 degrees. The hottest uh, city in Europe record ever. Yeah. What bloody hell. Yeah, uh, stay safe, brother. Uh, well, they say it's, it's actually down here is bad because you know, a lot of burning and stuff, but uh, yesterday yeah. was 35. It looks felt cooler. Really cool. Yeah. I need to put a jacket on it. 
Uh, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> thanks. I can't wait uh, to have a big fight with Armando after you and Napoli. I think it's the third, third one. On, uh, oh, that's happening already. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope was in Australia. Could have watched it to him and film it. I like the guys. Bello, the, I have Apple. a rules. I have a uh, rule. I, I never you know, watch games with friends that go for the other team. <laughs> I, 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 just do, I just do it with you, man, and record it. No, because for 90 minutes, I want to give you the freedom to swear at me, you know? <laughs> Maybe then, if we're in lockdown, uh, if we're still in lockdown, he'll change his mind. We get together <laughs> on this platform, we watch it. So otherwise, he doesn't break your face, he just breaks the items in his house. Yes, That's a I nice agree. idea. Hey, a live reaction, I like it. The right reaction, I will, because a live reaction, I can put mute. <laughs> beautiful no well, it was nice to be on the show man nice to meet Vince and uh, thanks Anthony you've done a great job I can't wait to, to do the post games uh, comment and uh, I hope for us Italian will be a great season and uh, going back to the national team I hope we win the, Europe, uh, the National League in uh, October November yeah, 100%, man. That's something that I actually completely forgot to bring up uh, at the end of the day. You know, the, the light in shining armor to our season is that we are the champions of Europe for the Euro tournament. It's still a fantastic achievement for our national side. Vince, thank you so much for making your debut on, uh, on Football Worldwide, and I can't wait for you to join us throughout the season, brother. Very happy to be here. Very, <laughs> very enjoyable, boys. Uh, always talking calcio football. Anytime, any day, I'm always available to have a chat. Thank you. From all of us here at Football Worldwide, grazie, thank you, peace, and we will speak to you soon. Ciao.